This is Caleb J. Ross, author of Stranger Will and I Didn't Mean to Be Kevin. You are listening to Booked Podcast, and I'm not, because it's terrible. This is ABC. One, two, three. Ah, ah, ah. Malaz, Malazo, Levison Incorporated. We're gonna read it. Give us any book, we'll read it. Give us bourbon, we will drink it. Books, beer, bullshit, and horror too. Zombie IPA. Liv's gonna smoke some seeds now. Rob's gonna give no fucks now. We're gonna Skype our thoughts to you. Podcasting our way. Here is something you should buy. A top shelf five star anthology. There's even a story from Rob. Digital exclusive. In your ears, iPod and phone now. Got the show and we just know now. Mayans still exist in Mexico. And they're voting Donnie Booked. Donnie Booked. Not for David James Keaton. And they're voting Donnie Booked. Dolly booked, or for a Adam, or Tim. He wrote his team. We'll return after these messages. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livius Nedden. Uh, this week, no book for us to review. We're going to do an interlude episode. If you happen to be new to the podcast... Um, that's think like like morning radio. Zoo. No, don't think that. No. Think more like <laughs> think more like talk show. I know at the top you heard um, a, a little something weird um, from uh, one of our uh, frequent contributors to the show, uh, A. Adam Otten, who submitted a little intro <laughs> to something. You can figure out what that's all about if you go back <laughs> a few episodes. Rob, do you know what episode that was in? Um, no. One hundred happy days. Search that on uh, on the booked website, or go to 100happydays.com, spelled in some kind of weird fashion. That maybe that'll explain all of it. It's going to redirect to like some services in India or something. Because of they course, well, because that's website. the only way we can make any money for this goddamn uh, podcast. That's a good point. Uh, Rob, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. It's been nice not reading a book this week, though I have been reading a book this week. Isn't that crazy how that works? Yeah, we just can't stay away. We just uh, that's why maybe that's why we decided to do a podcast about books is because we can't stop reading them. Yeah, pretty much. We're going to talk about that book you've been reading this week a little later in the episode, I believe. Damn right. Okay, did you happen to go back and listen to the episode where I, I teased it to you? No. Oh. All right. We'll get <laughs> then. Once we talk about that later in the episode, I'll talk about why that's funny. So. Uh, anyway, uh, but we have some news about some stuff that's coming up, and we're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about, but I want to just kind of get right out at the beginning. A little event that we're going to actually be hosting that's coming up uh, pretty soon, if any of our Chicago listeners are uh, interested in joining us for a night. Yeah, let's. I, we should always start off talking about what's most important, which is us. So. Us, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Teets, um, <coughs> author of Good Sex, Great Prayers that we reviewed here recently, and an anthology winner for our Burton Tongues review, um, is making his way up to Chicago. I don't know, is he hitchhiking, or do you know how he's getting here? So he's using that super bus thing? He's driving the one a motorcycle. That's driving past, the one that's driving past your, your place right now? <laughs> he uh, He's probably driving that Mercedes, remember? 
We made yes, that yes. Mercedes Patterson joke. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Because he's got that Patterson cash. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be uh, coming up to Chicago, and he wanted to do a little bit of a, a, a reading. So uh, he asked us if we would like to participate. And, of course, um, if anything that requires very little work um, comes our way, we're happy to do it. So September 6th, we will be hosting a reading at City Lit, which is a bookstore, I believe, correct? It is a bookstore, City Lit Books. I thought it might be like a like a lamp store or uh, bulbs, maybe something. <laughs> maybe like a, a, a an undercover drug den of some kind. You're getting lit. Oh, even oh. better. Yes, we should have it there. Can we have it at one of those places? <laughs> We're going to get city lit on the 6th. <laughs> That's right. So um, Brandon <laughs> will be reading from Good Sex and Great Prayers and uh, Burton Tongues. And I found this funny. So I'm going to read this in a lot of order. Rob collected what people will be reading from. And that says, Ben Tanzer will be reading from Four Fathers, a collection of thought-provoking, heartfelt essays on fatherhood. How the hell is that going to fit with Teet's reading from either one of, of his works? I don't know. Probably won't. No, 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 no it won't. But um, Ben Tanzer will be there, who we have not met. And you would think at this point we would have run into Ben Tanzer or done something with him on the podcast because I, I believe he also hosts his own podcast. Maybe that's why we've snubbed Probably, him. Yeah, we have yeah. a little, like a bitter jealousy against anybody else who's, who's encroaching in on our territory. Yeah, although I think he might have been doing this for longer than us. I'm not sure. It's pretty much. We, well, either way. Either way. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Either way. Right. We're going to anyway. make our peace with Ben Tanzer. He's, uh, so. But he's got some stuff to do with curbside splendor, so... Um, I'm worried that, you know, in our in our wanderings through the uh, Printer's Row Lit Fest, talking to people like local publishers and stuff, we uh-huh. may have met him and don't remember it. Oh, that'd be terrible. He'd obviously remember us, though. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, unforgettable. That's right. <laughs> so he's going to be there. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're, you, you stopped so that I'd have to say this name, right? Yep. It's not a. It's. I don't think it's an actual name. Um, it's. A, it's a woman whose name I will just, uh, you know, butcher right now. Is is it? It's like Jack, but I think it's like short for Jackie. J A C. Could be. Jace Jack. We're gonna say Jack. Mm-hmm. Jemk. Yep, I'm going with that too. Uh, she's got a collection called A Different Bed Every Time. That she's going to be reading from. The reason I have this information is because it's posted on the Facebook event. It's not like I like reached out to them and asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's information that's on the Facebook event. And the final reader, last but not least, Richard Thomas. What's uh, Richard going to be reading from? Actually, now that you th- now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking of all the stuff Richard's been involved in lately, and he hasn't had a story out uh, in stuff recently, although. Because I was thinking Burnt Tongues and I was thinking New Black, and he's editing on those, not actually uh, published a story in those. So, I don't know. What do you think? He's got that one with the weird cover and the weird name that's coming out soon, I think, that he's published with Stephen King in. That could be. I'm not sure what he's going to be reading from. All I know is that, that guy's got uh, he's got deep pockets to read from, and I'm sure whatever we hear, it'll be, uh, it'll be uh, podcast-worthy. As long as it's not that Flowers for Jessica story, because we've already podcasted that story, and I would be—I don't want to have a rerun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what? You make a very good point. So if he reads from Flowers for Jessica, here's what we're gonna do. I am going to reach out to to somebody else. I'm gonna get a story 
I am going to, uh, how am I going to do this? I'm going to edit it very weirdly and then read it like I'm Richard Thomas. Okay. Hey, if he that, reads some flowers from Jessica, mm-hmm. let's just both of us read a story and then pretend like in a Richard Thomas style. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's do that. We'll both do that. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. I'm not that. worried about Richard hearing this and doing that on purpose. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not at all worried about this. He does have a smartphone now, so it's a lot easier for him to get our podcast. Yep. Here's, um, so here's the lineup again. Brandon Teets, Richard Thomas, Ben Tanzer, and Jack Jemk. Maybe. I'm not sure about that name, but we're gonna find. We're gonna have to find out before we actually introduce this young lady. Yeah, because right? we're gonna be emceeing. We're hosting the event. We are, and this is very exciting stuff. So, City Lit, September sixth, five p.m. Um, feel free to come by. Who knows? Maybe we'll even do something afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it's getting out at seven, so I've got the whole night. We could probably go hang out somewhere, get some food or something. But um, you want to know what I'm thinking about doing? Tell me, please. I got this little tripod for my iPhone recently. <laughs> And what, what I'm sorry, let's let's back up for a second. I see where you're going with this, but why, why did you get this tripod for your iPhone? I just, I you know, it was not expensive, you know, less than thirty bucks. So I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I picked it up. It's a uh, this neat little Gorilla Pod style like tripod. You just mount your uh, your phone on. So I was thinking, I was looking into some services. Uh, I, I definitely want to record the event, and I'm thinking I'm going to look into the option to live stream it. As a as a possibility, so that might that might be something that happens. But either way, we're going to be podcasting it for sure. Very very cool. I had this horrifying image of all the things you might be doing with a tripod in your iPhone. Well, I do they have involve, to do some tests. Yeah, they all involve you <laughs> in your apartment late at night, alone, and it's just horrifying. If anybody wants to uh, be a part of my live stream test, you can reach me at. The same number Walgreens calls us at all the time. <laughs> Info at 100happydays.com. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And, again, as Rob mentioned, um, we will be recording that for broadcast on a future episode of Booked. Or episodes. Could be episodes. Yeah. Probably. If it's two hours, it's going to be episodes. Yeah. So, that's that. What else we got coming up, Mr. Sir? All right, so next on the agenda, um, DeZank has acquired some William Gay books. So William Gay, Rob, you ever read any William Gay? I have not. Yeah, I, I haven't either, but he's, he's, he's no longer with us, is that correct? Yeah, he passed away within the last year, I believe. It was, uh, okay. it kind of rocked our community, our little group of friends. Um, so sadly, we have not um, read anything by him, but... But Dezank has now uh, acquired at least one book that was unpublished um, by William Gay at the time of his death, The Lost Country. And that's coming out in about a year, October of uh, 2015. Yeah, reading the article, so they did like a press release type of thing on their website, and I was just kind of reading through it. Um, The reason that William Gay pops up on our radar is because a lot of our, our writer friends... Uh, really dug his stuff, and um, I had just assumed, Livius, that you had read some stuff by him because you read you read everybody. Um. Anyway, so yeah, it looks like they required uh like total worldwide rights for these for three books. This Lost Country, like Livius said, is the unreleased, unpublished one. I'm fairly certain that Little Sister Death also is. Um, I was reading a little bit about it. It's a horror uh, uh book, and I believe Ooh. it's unreleased. 
Um, and the other one they got was The Long Home, which was, I believe, his first published book, which was released in 1999. Uh, so they're going to re-release that um, as well. Uh, there's not release dates for everything, so I'm, I'm assuming that Lost Country is going to be the first one that Zank drops. Uh, but I could be wrong about that. I don't know why Long Home couldn't just be like a quick, it's already done, just put it out there with a new cover kind of thing. We'll never understand what publishers do. Let's let's just face it. Yeah, they rarely make sense. So, um, he also had a note on here that he wrote Twilight. <laughs> yeah, that's that. what, maybe that's why I thought you read something from it. I knew you read Twilight, yeah. so. Big fan. <laughs> um, yes, this is a different Twilight. Oh. Oh, all right. the, the, yeah, I, I'm, I think there's 100% less vampires in the Twilight that William Gay wrote, but I'm not sure. So somebody who's a fan should let us know. Are there less <laughs> vampires in William Gay's Twilight than in the Stephanie Meyer classic? I think it's about like a gravedigger or something. Actually sounds pretty cool. I'm thinking we should probably review this The Lost Country, right, when it comes out. Or, or this horror book. That'd be even better. Well, I'll tell you, when I was in uh, Seattle for AWP... Uh, when I when I was talking to uh, Guy uh, from Zank Books, he said he was going to put us on the list, you know, for like you know books that are coming out, which I thought was awesome. I haven't gotten any books from yet, so <laughs> 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 I'm not sure if that made it <laughs> that, that happened or not. But um, at least we know uh, we've got someone on the inside for that. So hopefully we'll get get our hands on those as quickly as we can. Um, Maybe you misunderstood. Maybe that's he put you <laughs> on the list of people that could ask for a book. <laughs> Or on the list, yeah, uh, some list. Maybe we're on. I'm sure we're on some sort of list. A watch list. I'm sure we're on lots of lists. Yeah, <laughs> just tell you. Yeah. I do not return uh, the correspondence of these purple pe- these purple people or these people list. Uh, here's all right. Here's Twilight. Oh, when did uh, Stephanie Meyer's Twilight come out? By the way. Oh, there's probably a way to find out. I was th- I was actually thinking about that. I'm I think. Probably right around that same year. While you're looking for that, I'm going to read the uh, the synopsis for William Gay's Twilight. From the acclaimed author of Provinces of Night, a southern gothic novel about an undertaker who won't let the dead rest. Suspecting that something is amiss with their father's burial, teenager Kenneth Tyler and his sister Corey venture to his gravesite and make a horrific discovery. Their father, a whiskey bootlegger, was not actually buried in the casket they bought for him. Worse... They learn that the Undertaker, Fenton Brees, has been grotesquely manipulating the dead. Armed with incriminating photographs, Tyler becomes obsessed with bringing the perverse Undertaker to justice. This sounds amazing. But first, he must outrun Granville Sutter, a local strongman and convicted murderer hired by Fenton to destroy the evidence. What follows is an adventure through the Hurricane, uh, which is an eerie backwoods filled with tangled roads, rustic machinery, and eccentric squatters, old men. Eccentric squatters old men. There might be some bad punctuation here. Witches and families among them who both both shield and imperil Tyler as he runs for safety. With his poetic haunting prose, William Gay rewrites the rules of gothic fairy tale while exposing the classic southern themes of good and evil. That sounds amazing, dude. That does. That does sound pretty good. But Twilight did come out in 2005, and now I'm going to read you for comparison... (laughs) The synopsis for Twilight. All right, here we go. Isabella Swan's move to Forks, a small, perpetually rainy town in Washington, could have been the most boring move she ever made. But once she meets the mysterious and alluring Edward Cullen, Isabella's life takes a thrilling and terrifying turn. (laughs) Up until now, 
Edward has managed to keep his vampire identity a secret in the small community he lives in, but now nobody is safe, especially Isabella, the person Edward holds most dear. The lovers find themselves balanced precariously on the point of a knife ed- I'm sorry, a knife between desire and danger, deeply romantic and extraordinarily su- suspenseful. <laughs> I can't even get through this. <laughs> deeply romantic and extraordinarily suspenseful, Twilight captures the struggle between defying our instincts and satisfying our desires. This is a love story with bite. Ooh, I get it with bite. Yeah. I gotta tell you, for synopses, I think this one's better written than yours. Than William Gay's, not yours. Your synopsis, I'm sure, will be succinct when and if it ever comes to light. Sure. I'll tell you this, though. I think I know why all of our writer friends were into William Gay. Uh, okay, I'm listening. Twilight was published by McAdam Cage, the publishers oh. of, of such authors as... Craig Clevenger. Yeah. And... Well, Christopher Bear. That's right. I was going to let you do all the work there. Yeah, thanks. I don't know. Was Jones published from McAdam Cage? Was he? I'm sure he had some through them too. Good question. Yeah, maybe the early stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know when you were talking about the um, the uh, mort mortician, mm-hmm. um, what was what was it? The, Care, the Undertaker. Undertaker. That he was. Uh, what was he doing with the corpses? Making he was like doing something wicked yeah. to him. I just saw, and again, because we not we weren't prepared to go into this conversation. Um, I read an article I mean, a few days ago. Someone shared on Facebook about an African American undertaker or some type of somebody who worked in a mortuary or something who admitted to um, having sex with over a hundred corpses. Dude, I read that article today. Yeah, and the best part of that was somebody commented. I, I was reading the comments on the article. And someone was like, yeah, listen, I worked in that industry for like six or seven years. That's so much grosser than any of you could ever imagine. <laughs> like, like, we think that's kind of gross. And this guy was like, no, you have no idea. So, Well, the article I read, <laughs> there was one body in particular that they talked about, which was this girl who was murdered and like her head was almost completely removed. Well, of course there is. That's the first one you go for. Is it? I don't know, dude. If you're going to do something like that, you might as well go for the craziest shit you can do, right? <laughs> I guess that's true. You don't want to... I mean, there's really no reason to hold back if you're, like, raping corpses. Yeah, so... But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of a weird story. Um, but it just... When you said that, that's exactly what it made me think of, is this uh, life-imitating art. All right, well, you were reading the, uh, the, the Twilight synopsis. It reminded me of... So I was digging through, uh, you know, news and stuff earlier today, just kind of seeing if there was anything worthwhile to talk about on this interlude episode. And I wasn't going to talk about this, but then the Twilight thing came up, so I had to. Uh, I had to go back to this. I was flipping through um, uh, Flipboard, the app on my mm-hmm. iPad. And there's a posting for a book called Alpha Billionaire. Apparently it's a romance, <laughs> and I'm going to read you. Tell me if this sounds familiar at all. Okay. I'm going to read you the description of the book, okay? Mm-hmm. Alpha Billionaire is a sexy, thrilling, and jaw-dropping three-part novella serial. serial. And then here's the description of the book. It was only meant to be one night. Evie Johnson was doing her best friend a favor when she agreed to work a bachelor party as a dancer. She hadn't expected to meet a man like Grant Slate. <laughs> a man so handsome and cocky 
that she couldn't help but be attracted to him when he asked for a dance. And when he asked her for a private dance, she didn't want to say yes, but she couldn't stop herself. Before she knew it, she was being whisked off to his private mansion and entering his home for one night of passion. There's more if I, if you want me to keep going. No, no, no. I, 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 think, I think I've got enough. Isn't Slate a shade of gray? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you didn't... Uh, you didn't miss out on no, no, I didn't miss out on right. any of it. Alpha billionaire. Alpha billionaire. This has got to be one of the worst titles for 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 a. a, a it just has a series of novellas. So really, it's like seventy pages, right? That's what I'm thinking. Seventy pages. Is this available Probably. to purchase now? Can we review this? Um, <laughs> I think so. Uh, Ninety nine cents. It is 68 pages. Wow, you really got that. You nailed it, buddy. Yeah, I've read it three times. It's actually not that bad. <laughs> kidding. Totally kidding. Is it a page turner? Um, I don't know. You know, here's the weird thing. You'd think that would just like pop up, but apparently it's not on Amazon. That's what. That's the weird. That's the weird thing. I looked for it on Amazon while we were. Is it by talking. Helen Helen Cooper? Right. Hel- <laughs> Your favorite author, Helen Cooper. Yeah. I love Helen Cooper. It's really a Dallas Cooper. Oh, Alpha Billionaire. Here we go. Man, that came out like today. <laughs> it goes hot off the presses. Um, yeah, there's a uh, there's so so far <laughs> we're way off track here. I all right. I'm gonna. There's 40 reviews. The first one, <laughs> the most helpful one, <laughs> comes up and says, "Here you go. It's five stars. It says it's hot in here." Two exclamation points. You know they're really serious. I received an advanced review copy from the author for a fair and honest review. Two wolves, three exclamation points, OMG, three exclamation points. <laughs> this new series is, and now this is all in capitals, hot, comma, hot, comma, hot, four exclamation points. Grant is a crazy alpha. Tyler knows things he should. I'm not on the right thing, am I? I'm totally reading something else. Alpha billionaire. Someone is reviewing the wrong book because this book isn't about werewolves, is it? I didn't think so. Hold on. Because that'd be even cooler. Because if it was on Billionaire Werewolves, I'm totally in. All right. Hang on. Let me read the rest of it. Only Evie had no idea what she was getting herself into. Grant Slate was not the man he'd appeared to be at the club. He wanted more from her than one night of passion. He was a man with secrets so deep and dark that Evie was unsure just what she was going to do. Nothing about werewolves. Oh, yeah. So it says Grant is all crazy. Grant is all crazy alpha. Tyler knows things he shouldn't. Evie is taking a chance for once. The game. Will Evie walk away? Three question marks. Maybe this person's punctuation keys are broken. Is Tyler the game master? <laughs> One question mark. Is Grant a pawn? I can't wait for the answers. Two exclamation points. Maybe it's like Twilight, but with werewolves. Yeah, this is. Wow. I don't. I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> or someone took Fifty Shades of Grey and they're like, there's not enough werewolves in that book. Man. Yeah, there were And there's there way were, too yeah. many pages. <laughs> All right, there's two one-star reviews. Let's see what these say. Uh, Amanda Noeski says, I usually love erotica books with an alpha male. However, this book feels uncomfortable and seems to border on rape. Plus, the main character has no redeeming quality and continues to put herself in dangerous situations. Not sure where the author is going to take it from here, but I don't see it being anything good. There you go, rape. Yeah. Well, it says it borders on rape. I mean, you think 
rape is either you it's rape or it's not i don't think it's <laughs> close to rape. i don't know like yeah so that undertaker though was that corpse rape yeah, well, but that's the whole thing, is that the corpse can't give or not give consent. So I think that's just like kind of like Gross. defamation of property. I'm going to drop a little Livius apologist, or I'm um, a bigot apologist. Uh, Against corpses? Like now I'm a corpse racist? <laughs> corpse racist. All right. Cavils, uh. K-A-V-L, says... I am glad this was free with Kindle Unlimited because I would be upset if I spent money on this trash. One exclamation point. If this is the kind of book you want to read with no plot and an entitled main character be my guest, no one in their right mind would go home with this guy, no matter for five G's. Evident. Huh? Now he paid her? I guess. Evident wanted her money, but I guess that was autocorrect on Evie. Evie wanted her money but didn't want to whore herself to get it. But whore is W-H-O apostrophe R-E. Like whore. Whore. <laughs> Not like Someone's... whore like she's such a whore. <laughs> to get it. Guess, guess, uh... guess what? You have sex with a guy you don't know and let him gum use you with no condominium and you are stupid. Oh, <laughs> this no. is awesome. Don't waste your time or money. I don't normally give bad reviews seriously like 10 periods after seriously. So I have a question about that. How do you gum use someone? <laughs> is that what it said? Yeah, it gum was use? gum and then like I-U-S-E is like a separate word and then she had sex with him with without not in his condominium apparently. No condominium. <laughs> oh, just like an apartment? Or are we talking like a townhouse? I don't know. The guy's a fucking billionaire. It should be a mansion. Should be a mansion. <laughs> Condominiums should have nothing to do with this. Unless she lives in a condo. That would make she sense. She probably lives in a condo. Well, she's doing, yeah. yeah. So they didn't use her condominium, and he gum used her. Yeah. Guess what? You Guess what? You have sex with a guy you don't know and let him gum, and then it's I U S E. Gum, I use, I don't know. I have a suspicion I know what they were trying to say. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I, I'm, I'm not, I know the use part was, but I'm, the gum, I don't. I mean, I'm no master of sex, but like if you're not using a condom and something goes inside of a woman. That you're trying to prevent with a condom. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I gotcha. She misspelled jism. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> Bust a nut, autocorrected to gum use. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm so glad that we talked about William Gay. <laughs> William Gay's got some books coming out through Dezank. <laughs> You've been listening to Booked. Uh Oh man, we need a break. Well, Is there another clip we can play? Is there anything, anything <laughs> in the archives that we can play right now? Um, it's going to be happy days related, I think, if we have anything. <sighs> all right, so this next bit here's all thing. Gabriel Asadas at the top of the show. You heard Triple A <laughs> do uh, Laverne and Shirley, right? That was Laverne and I, Shirley. I think that. I mean, I'm not old enough to have watched that when it was like airing, but I think so. Anyway, great song there. Um, and the reason he sent that to us was because. And I mentioned this, I think, a little top episode. Our hundred happy days um, idea that did not really get in, did did not get into production just yet. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Um, where we review 100 episodes of Happy Days, Rob had specifically said, "Don't get all cute and send us something because we're not going to play it." 
you're making fun of our idea. So we wanted people to take us seriously, and we decided we're not playing this. So we have had this hanging around for weeks and weeks now. And, of course, people shouldn't take us seriously, because here is here is what <laughs> 100 Happy Days could be, right, Rob? It could be pretty close to this. I think it's probably going to be a lot like this if it ever happens. Yep, so uh, here you go. Here's Bookty Days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Bookty Days. Maybe Thursday, Bookty Days. Could be Friday, Bookty Days. One of these days, hey, comes a break. We want the jobs, too. Oh, Bookty Days. Bookty Days is recorded for a podcast audience. So, Livius, what's your favorite Richard Matheson story? I tell you, Richard Matheson is dead to me. Well, yeah, he's dead to all of us. Because he's dead. Literally, not just literarily. Well... Good. Here's your milkshake, Jimmy. And for you, Livius, a carton of cigarettes. Much thanks to you, Skip. I cannot wait to visit the country of flavor. <laughs> Look, gang, here comes Olsen Ravarelli. Better known to his friends as Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Boom! What's that noise? Is someone driving a motorcycle onto this meticulously replicated 50s diner set? That seems out of the ordinary. Maybe Thursday, but days could be Friday, but days one of these days. Hey, comes a break. We want the jobs too. Oh, but days. All right, before we talk about the actual clip itself, I just want to say that the reason we're playing it is because Livius liked it so much that he didn't want it to not be a part of one of our episodes. So he really just kept hounding me about it and wouldn't let it go. So uh, I had to relent, and as always, Livius gets his way. That's right. If I whine for long enough, I get my way. So it's goddamn awesome. Oh, I don't, I don't even... What the... You know, we had him on the show as a co-host last year last year early mm-hmm. this year it was, yeah. it was a while ago we asked that guy what the fuck does he do with his time like what because <laughs> you <laughs> have know you what? been to milwaukee like do you know there's like nothing to do up there dude seriously that guy puts more work into a four minute clip than we do into like 10 episodes of booked oh yeah, yeah sans the reading part i mean you know but god damn it triple a hopefully you can make it out um to the uh, city lit reading um in september we'd love 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 to meet you so that's right make it happen buddy this is on you all right maybe we should challenge him the other way like if you show up we will not hang out with you i'm not sure how that works but whatever gets him there you buy this well, because he did the bookie days when we said we weren't oh play that's it. true exactly yeah, yeah Wait, maybe that's i'm it. referencing yeah. the thing we were literally just talking about gotcha 
<laughs> you expect me to keep up with what was happening like 45 seconds ago? Well, <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Speaking of things that we're not taking very seriously, today is kind of a holiday, I guess, right? I mean, there's today is a special day. Wait, why is today a special day? It's Caleb J. Ross's birthday. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. At any rate, you won't be getting any of us singing um, a happy birthday to you. We reserve that for just special folks. But we did want to acknowledge it's your birthday. Uh, apparently Caleb J. Ross, yeah, his birthday. He's turning 16. At least. And um, we still like him. Mm. Right? Yeah, well, he was kind of funny on that uh, in, in Invisible Monsters remix episode that we recorded with him. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I like Caleb. We give Caleb a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Caleb's good folks. He is good uh, folks. You should definitely um, read some of his stuff. He's got some YouTube videos. I'm sure if you... Uh, some? Some. Some. <laughs> some YouTube... He's got. I'm sorry, what I meant to say was some YouTube channels because like the dude's <laughs> constantly recording videos and he's got multiple channels. He has like... He's book one. He's got one where he talks about his kid or something. He's got another one now where he's like, uh, I think he's like getting romantically involved with beers or something. So, Dude, that guy's just a staggering drunk. <clears throat> All I know is this is what I see from him on Twitter. Caleb Ross earned a badge for drinking this. Caleb Ross earned a badge for blacking out. Caleb Ross drank so much he <laughs> fell down some stairs. There's badges for all this stuff. Right. And he fucking has all the badges. He got the cirrhosis of the liver badge. Yep, yep. All of that, and like you said, he's turning 16 today. So, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy sweet 16. Um, his, I will say that the best birthday party I've ever been to was Caleb's quinceañera last year. It was really nice. <laughs> it was well planned out. They don't. They go all out with the quinceaneras. So. Oh, oh I, I know, I, I know. But I'm going to refrain from talking about quinceaneras because then all of a sudden I'll be racist somehow. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Have I ever talked on the show about when I worked as a security guard in a Mexican <laughs> nightclub? Have I ever you did talked? Not. To... What? Yeah, did I've never told you this either. <laughs> God, I hope this is a joke. Are you being serious? No, I'm. I'm. I'm dead serious. I used to, when I was, God, I was probably 20 at the time, I had a, a co-worker who was a, an, an older guy. He was, like, in his 60s. We got along really well. You know, we used to spend hours at work, like, just playing cards and playing chess for, like, money and stuff. But he would do all these, like, weird, odd jobs. So once in a while, he'd be like, hey, you want to make, like, 60 bucks? We have to take some U-Haul trucks from, like, Chicago to, like, Champagne for the college kids to have to, like, when they're moving back. Like, 10 mm-hmm. bucks an hour or whatever cash. So I'd go, yeah, sure. So I'd pick up these weird gigs with him. Well, one of them, he had a friend who owned a security company. And by security company, I'm using the term very, very loosely. He had, like, four or five guys he'd pay cash to do weird, like, security jobs. One of them was a Mexican nightclub um, in Waukegan, Illinois, and they would do um, basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. They would have um, either bands or like a DJ. But sometimes it would be like a wedding or a quinceanera. So I've been to more quinceaneras than most people <laughs> you know. Because I usually just stood around in a blue shirt and made sure there were no fights or whatever. But uh, <laughs> This is amazing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I probably, I don't know. I probably did like 25, 30 jobs for that. And it was a lot of times like huge bands from Mexico. And they would get a huge turnout, man. I mean, they'd have, you have to understand... It's in Waukegan, which is a far northern suburb of uh, of Chicago. They have like 3,000 people show up and packed into this little place to see a, a band that played something that sounded a lot like circus music to, you know, an untrained ear. Um, lots of trumpets and stuff. 
But yeah, and that's all I did. I mean, half the time I was either frisking down um, patrons, making sure they weren't bringing in knives or guns or any any type of uh, you know weapons, and the other half the time was spent throwing out the same patrons after they were drunk and picked a fight with somebody. So, any rate, as amusing as that is, you ready for this? The guy lost his security company license because <laughs> he was visiting family in Texas um, around the holidays. And uh, he, he, he robbed a couple of banks dressed as Santa Claus and got caught. And Get apparently, the fuck out of here. I swear to God. And apparently, if you are arrested robbing a bank dressed as Santa Claus, they will revoke <laughs> your license to run a security company. Oh, man. I wonder what pushed it over. Was it the robbing the bank part or the dressed as Santa part? I think it's a combination. I think that you can get away with some <laughs> things, but really, when you when it gets that bad. But yeah, so no, I spent a lot of hours listening to uh, to Mexican music. Wow, that's amazing! Like, yeah. and then you got to think about it—the robbery. Not only like if there were any kids in the bank, not only robbing the bank, but he's robbing their childhoods of like, yeah. happy Santa memories. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's at least it was in December, you know. Because you think about it, he could have done it in the middle <laughs> of like the summer, dressed as Santa Claus, but nope. I guess he robbed two banks and they caught him for one and were able to pin another one on him or something along those lines. But yeah, that was the end of my uh, my security guard gig. Man, they needed you on security at those banks, dude. Nice. I gotta tell you though, this was this was like ten bucks an hour cash, and this was like nineteen ninety three. That's decent. That's some decent scratch. Yeah, I'm telling you. And, and most nights, like I said, I spent the majority of the night just standing around. And then, like I said, once in a while, I'd get broth, and you'd have to go, like... It's like like a big gig. There was, like, six of us. But some of these fights would break out, dude, and it was, like, the movies. It'd be, like, 15 guys fighting. And you're like, ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> so, Who's going to fight at a 15-year-old girl's birthday no, party? No, no, no. Well, here's the thing. With those, I guess the, the, the town of Waukegan had some rule that you had to have security if you had a gathering of more than however many people. Yeah. Um, so no, at the Quinceañeras, there were never any fights or anything like that. But you got to imagine drunken relatives, man. I could see that turning into a throwdown. Yeah. No. Yeah, but those I were incredibly boring. It was literally standing there for like five or six hours, just standing there. So, but whatever. It paid the bills. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Happy birthday, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, dude. If you need security at your next Quinceañera, I don't even know how that works. You only get one, right? It's not like getting married and divorced, right? You only get one. Yeah, because, you, I mean, in theory, you only turn 15 once, unless there's, like, time travel involved or something, or reincarnation. Yeah. If there was time travel involved, I could time travel back and be the security guard at Caleb J. Ross's birthday and end that fucker, <laughs> so we never, ever had to hear from him again. Just fucking put him down. Yep. So. Yeah, but then there wouldn't be the uh, super exclusive book that no one's ever going to read, FCJR. That's very, very true. That's very true. Uh, Everybody's listening is like, what the hell are they yeah. even talking about? It's like one of those of a butterfly flaps its wings in Caleb Ross's face. It could be an <laughs> earthquake on the other side of the world kind of thing. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Oh. All right. All right. Well, let's move it on <laughs> from that. Uh, maybe we should just play something else from, from Adam Martin. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, He's speaking of this. Adams, did you see... Did you see that that the the book anthology has made its way to Australia? Oh, this was crazy. All right, I woke up to that one day, so I'm going to pull up. I'm going to go over to the Facebooks. I woke up to that man. So like one, I can't remember. It was like a 
what, like a week ago probably? Yeah, about that. Something like that. So woke up to a notification on Facebook that said, uh, you know, there was someone posted something on the Booked Podcast Facebook page. So I go to it and it says, I just bought a second-hand copy of the Booked Anthology. And immediately I'm like, oh, someone bought the book. That's awesome. Um, f- uh, but then second-hand and I'm like, oh, interesting. People are selling it used. Uh, so I just bought a second-hand copy of the Booked Anthology from Amazon. Shipping to Australia was hefty, but worth it. Hey, right on. Dude from Australia bought our book. Super exciting, right? right? Yeah, I was really stoked about that. He said, you guys signed it, which is super exciting. Very excited to hear that, too. But then, here's the twist. This is what Livia's talking about. Although I don't know which Adam this is or what his mum has to do with anything. <laughs> There's a picture of the book. He posted a picture of the of the page that's got our, our signatures on it. Um... I don't know. Which of us should I read first? Doesn't matter. Doesn't this matter. is Bren- Brendan McFarland's the name of the person, so thanks for buying it secondhand. Uh, Livius very nicely wrote to Adam's mom, you did great. I'm assuming you meant by making Adam? Yes. Uh, I wrote, <laughs> Mom, guess what I rubbed on this book? I love you. It's really weird all around. But I think I think what Rob meant was that this person was like a second mother to him, and that he rubbed his penis on that book. <laughs> That's pretty much essentially what I meant by that. Uh, it was the mother of Adam in Oshkosh whose legs don't work. So, now what was this gentleman's name again? I don't have this pulled up. Brendan McFarland. Brendan, not only do you have, are you very excited to have a copy of a signed book? There's a good chance Rob's genitals touched that book too. <laughs> it was sexually abused. Yes. So here's what I'm willing to do, because that, to me, makes it very defective. So, Brandon, if you're listening, because we're not going to reach out to you, you got to listen to this podcast, I have a deal for you. Reach out to us with an address. Rob and I are going to be in the same place at the same time in a couple of weeks at this reading. We will sign a copy of the book anthology, and I will ship it to you, regardless of hefty shipping charges. I will pick up the shipping and send you a book that Rob's genitals haven't touched as long as I can keep him from rubbing it on his genitals when I see him so he can sign it. That was really thoughtful of you. We could probably even get Richard Thomas to sign it. We could probably get Richard Thomas to sign it. We could have some other people sign it too, even if they're not in it. Like, I don't know, the clerk at City Lit Books? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. So Brandon Teeths? A-, a. Adam Otten might be there. You never know. Hey. So is Brendan... Am I saying this right? McFarland, yeah. Yeah. Brendan, uh, message us on the book page with your address prior to September 6th, and uh, we'll make that happen. Do you have an extra copy laying around? If not, I'm sure I have one. I've got a, a handful. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So Rob will donate the book. I will donate the shipping. Sound good? That sounds awesome. Now, cool. I'm not going to say <laughs> where they've been. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I can't keep sending this guy books just because you like to keep rubbing them on your balls. I don't know what else to say. <sighs> this is how this podcast Eventually is behind the get... scenes all the time. I'm like, fuck, Rob, did you put this in your pants again? It's constantly when we have to share a book to read, Livius always reads them first. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of them defective Rob junk books. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, um, <laughs> But then I uh, I got the story from Adam. Actually, I texted him about it because I was super indignant. I was I was simultaneously really happy that someone was willing to buy our book uh, secondhand. Really indignant that someone sold it. <laughs> so, a signed copy. A signed copy. So um, 
I texted Adam demanding an explanation, who then texted his mother demanding an explanation. And evidently, she actually um, made the mistake of trying to read it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one's supposed her, to do that. <laughs> not her style um, of, of reading. A little dark, I think, for, for her taste, for her sensibility. So she donated it with a bunch of books to some local charity. I don't remember which, but that local charity must have been industrious enough to list it on Amazon and fetch a pretty penny for it, apparently. Yeah, listen, um, anybody who works at that charity, just know you touch something that touched Rob's junk. <laughs> That's what I want you to know. Charitable people, go wash your hands. You know what? All they had to do was open up the book, and they could have seen that for themselves. We're like, shit, we got to sell this. We don't want it here. <laughs> Send it halfway across the world. They didn't even advertise it as signed. They didn't want anybody to know. Oh, yeah, so uh, there you go. All right, speaking of books we're really excited about that have not touched Rob's genitals yet. Um, yet. We teased this a little bit at the end of the last episode. Is that correct? Um, yeah, the, and, and because you haven't listened to it, I'll tell you what the tease was. So originally the idea was I was going to tell Livius what the book was, and then I was going to leave his reaction in but cut out the na- when I said the name of the book. And... Um, we did that, but instead of just being a blank silence when I said the name of the book, I actually cut in the sound of a film projector. Oh, nice. Mm. Yep, it's probably the last film projector, I'm guessing, right? It was the last, it's the last film, the last projector clip that I was ever going to put in an episode <laughs> of the <Nice>. podcast. <laughs> David so. James Keaton, the last projector, is on uh, my Kindle and Rob's iPad, I'm assuming, right? Is that where it's Damn right it currently? is. Yep. So we have The Last Projector, and we both started reading it. That's right. Suck it, bitches. We got that book, and um, <laughs> I was so excited about it, I had to start reading it right away, um, because we've been waiting it, you know, as long as it's existed to read this book. So uh, just real quick, what do you think about it so far? I really dig it. So the thing is, we've heard bits and pieces of it, um, as far as I'm aware, there's three different readings that Keaton has done that we've recorded that are part of this book. I uh, I did get through the 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 head breakfast. Yep. The first uh, the first incarnation or the first mention of head breakfast. Um, is it today? No, I was reading something else today. Yesterday. So yeah, I'm I'm probably a good five percent into this, but I got to tell you, this fucking book is barely five hundred pages long, though. Yeah, I get the feeling though. It's a little thin. That- you think it's thin? I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be just fine. Here's the problem. I, I tell you, we were talking to Keith before. Keith was like, "This thing's like 700 pages," and then he gave it to J. David Osborne, and I, I did. I flipped all the way to the end. I'm like, "This thing's like 506 pages." There's a couple hundred pages floating around somewhere that didn't quite make it into this. Yeah, I told him I wanted to do. I wanted to see an author's annotated version so he could like explain all the stuff. Because there's a lot of thought that went into, you know, there's way more thought than needed to, uh, went into a lot of this book, I'm imagining. You thought about this way too fucking hard. (laughs) But I will say that in a, in a, I sent him a message, uh, praising him for one of the parts of the book that I've read so far. And, uh, and we were talking back and forth and he said, well, you already have a version that doesn't exist anymore. So it's our, (laughs) in true, true Dave, David James Keaton form, it's already been modified from the version that they thought was the final final cut this is going to be the end of j david osborne that guy is going to be hanging from a rope 
before this book ever ever comes out because I can only imagine what it's like to be the editor for David James Keaton. He's such he's like an antagonist, even as like uh as, as <laughs> like anybody who's an authority figure and I <laughs> I've tested this, so like I mean anecdotally we've known that David James Keaton doesn't like police officers and stuff and, and he's kind of just against authority in general but it goes so far as when we did our book release party last year um, which is uh, just over a, a year ago now mm-hmm. a couple a couple weeks ago it was a year um, he was there and I had a bunch of books that needed to get signed and I, I sat him down and I'm like I need you to sign these books and I was so I was the authority figure in this situation Fucking five minutes later, I turn around and he's making like a tower out of the books. He's like piled them up. They're like this big tower. And I'm like, dude, I need you to sign these. And then the, and the more I pushed him, the more like uh, rebellious he got about it. So he just finds a reason to rebel against anybody who is exerting any kind of authority over him. It's awesome. So I'd imagine if you were his editor, it would just be like, yeah, it'd just be awful. And you got to figure Osborne doesn't know about half the the changes that have come through because you know he makes them and doesn't say anything, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So who knows? Who knows if this is even the same book you read, Osborne? We we don't you you don't even know. <laughs> You'll know after it goes to the printer. We obviously will never know. I don't know. We'll have to have him send over the newest version, I guess, prior to us reviewing it in October, um, when it's supposed to come out, October thirty first, Halloween. Halloween. We're reviewing it Halloween adjacent, remember, because yes. we're going to do a, a zombie episode. We're going to do something. We're not sure what that is yet, but we're going to do something special for Halloween. Because last year, you know what we did? Fucking nothing. Fucking nothing. I believe there was a whole lot of fucking nothing last year. So, any rate. So, we're very excited about that. Um, uh, other stuff we've got coming up. A new episode of Crime Wave is going to be going up in, in, in hours. Probably already up when you hear this would be my thought, but I'm not sure because I don't handle any of that stuff. That's right. It is totally finalized uh, except for being posted on the website. So uh, it'll be up within, I'd say, within a day of, of this coming up. So Barry Graham is the author. He read a story called Big Davy Joins the Majority, which is a really cool story read by a really Scottish accent type of person. I've had two thoughts about this. I've been thinking about it. We recorded that episode a few days ago. I've had some time to think about this. My first thought was that story would have been worthy of being in the book anthology. I liked Easily. it that much. Easily. Yep. But then I thought, I flipped it around, and we would have just read it on paper. And I think Barry Graham reading it adds quite a bit to it, like hearing him read it. See, now what I got out of that is that we need to release an audio anthology. You've been thinking about this for a while, haven't you? No, it just hit me right now, but that sounds really cool. <laughs> it does sound cool. I don't know how we'd go about doing that, but it is definitely something. Well, hey, Adam Otten will have something ready for us by uh, by the next episode, I'm sure. He really I'm will. Sure. Um, but, <laughs> so at any rate, that's going to be going up. Great, great story. Really like this one a lot. Um, other things coming up, uh, I believe our next review is going to be, uh, we talked to John Horner Jacobs, God. A long time ago, he was part of the the author interview um, for North Bar Two. That's correct. And uh, we are going to be reviewing the Incorruptibles, which I started today. Um, mm. Dude, super fucking weird, like crazy fantasy shit. Yeah, it's probably a step outside of our comfort zone as far as like the you know the level of unreality. Um, 
but when he described it to us and we were interviewing him, I was like, we need to read this book. It sounds awesome. So we have that coming up. And I believe now this, this is the next one might be a little questionable because we were after to get this from, from fucking the, the hell's that called net galley. Stupid Ugh. net galley. I think yeah. is what it's called. So there is a good solid 50% chance <laughs> They were also going to be reviewing from that same interview series, Cry Father by Benjamin Whitmer. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. But yeah, that we interviewed him for Noir at the Bar too, as well. Yep. Um, there's also a really good chance that it could land in the pile of books that we don't end up reviewing because we never got the review copy that was promised to us. Because of NetGalley. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, so... I'm gonna work with uh, with the, the the PR person for Cryfather until we get some workable copy of that. Um, I haven't tried it yet, but god damn it, I gotta tell you. Remember when I said earlier about publishers and what were we talking? About? I said publishers. They have no. Yeah, listen, guys. Here's I'm gonna say it again because I've said it. God, I don't know how many times on this podcast. Make it really easy for people to review your book. This is how you do it. You just trust that a podcast that has been around for three years and done 200 and whatever, however many episodes, we're probably not going to share your shit all over uh, the internet. Just email us a goddamn EPUB. That's all I'm asking for. You don't even have to, like, we, we've gotten some where people are like, here's the PDF, here's the EPUB, here's the Mobi. Those people are awesome. I will take a Mobi. I will convert it. But it occurred to me, this is the order that you should offer your stuff to. Now, there are two of us. So we frequently, when we ask, I always say we really prefer a digital copy. Now, would I just love books showing up? Sure. I'm not a huge fan of paper books anymore. Unless they're signed, it's something I want to keep. I'd much rather read it on my Kindle. But there's two of us. So for your for your pocketbook publisher, I would rather you send us a copy that costs you nothing. Because if not, we need two copies. And we already told you what happens. If you send a copy to Rob, he rubs it on his junk. I don't read it. We don't review it. That's how it works. So in the preferred order, here's what we would like to see. Number one, please send a Mobi. Number two, please send a PDF. Number three on that list, send two paper copies. And then number four, NetGalley. But really, <laughs> the chance of, there's <laughs> a declining chance off. of us reviewing it the lower <laughs> down that list you go. <laughs> Uh, NetGalley came after paper copies, which Livius completely detests. Oh my god, it's a goddamn nightmare. So here's what's got to happen. <clears throat> I send over an email address, right? And it's the booked one, because I think, okay, they're going to send us, you know, a, a digital copy that we both, Rob and I, have access to it. And I get an invitation to NetGalley. So I go, Rob, Rob, see if you can get this on your on your iPad. And then what I'll do <laughs> is I'll, I'll, I'll nicely write back and say, hey, thank you so much. Could you please send another invitation to my personal email address so we can both have a copy? Rob sends back and says, I can't log into this. I throw my hands up in the air. I'm like, God damn it. So now I've got to try to figure out how to get out my Kindle. And if I do, you do have a NetGalley account, right? Yeah, I already requested it directly through NetGalley. Oh, okay, so maybe you'll get it that way. Perfect. Whatever. At any rate, it's way too much work. Guys, we already read a book. We already read a book. And I know, I know you guys are thinking that people are just dying for review copies. We do this. We read a book every week. Except for this week. And even this week we're reading a book. Just make it easy for us to review your book. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) And it's not like it's just us complaining. That's the thing. So, like... Uh, you know, I have the opportunity to talk to publishers every now and then. Like I said, I was talking to Guy from Zank while we were up in uh, Seattle. You know, we talk to publishers. We we go to the same events as people who are publishers. And 
in the process of talking, of course I'm going to complain about NetGalley. And guess what? The publishers talk about that too, and they say how awful it is. Apparently there's another service called Idlewise or something like that. I've mm-hmm. never looked into it. Sounds a little bit like an ice cream company to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to assume it's a German crappy version of NetGalley. <laughs> so there's a lot more... <laughs> A lot more poop involved or something? I don't know. Wow. Yeah, right for the scat. I thought you were going to talk about the Nazis and stuff, but man. Because really, when we think Germany, we think three things. Mercedes, Mercedes, Nazis, and poop. (laughs) Oh, God. Not necessarily in that order, apparently. Uh, So, yeah, even the public... I guess the point is that even the publishers don't like uh, NetGalley or Nazis or poop. Oh. Seriously. Probably they do like Mercedes though. Seriously, just just fucking make it easier. God damn it, man! Stop, yeah, stop being so difficult. Your book's not that precious. The book, <laughs> the book. I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> Broken River Is Books. That... You know what they got us? An EPUB, a Mobi, and a PDF. Only after I bitched about the PDF. <laughs> so... That's right. You got to take a stand somewhere. Yeah. And it's not like we're requesting like. Uh. Like the new J.K. Rowling books and the new, like, you know, number one New York Times bestsellers books that they might stand, you know, to, to lose money off of if it gets leaked onto torrents and stuff like that. That's not our style. Those aren't the books that we review. We review the books that, like, even if they're well-known authors, they're going to stand to gain a little bit of, like, readership from us talking about them. Well, it's not just that. Let's think back to what you just said about The Last Projector. We have The Last Projector. Your your response to our listeners was "suck it, bitches." <laughs> now, <laughs> does that right, sound like somebody's going to throw it out there for free? Well, no, we're going to hoard whatever we get because that's how we are. We're hoarders. And that's right, and we're going to lord it over you. Exactly. You are you are less than us. Yep. Exactly. So from these own, thrones, get your own book review podcast. Get your own fucking Nick Galley accounts. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we spent years building these relationships <laughs> to get these books for free. What did you assholes do? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, we have spiraled into hatred. Like, we started off like we love everybody. We're doing this reading or whatever. Now it's fuck everyone. <laughs> so tune in next week for... <laughs> tune in next week where we tell you all to fuck off again. <clears throat> next week, The Incorruptibles, John Horner Jacobs. That's right. Um, which, by the way, we didn't, weren't able to get a review copy of because his publisher has some weird issue with review digital something, too. So we had to buy those. Well, to be <sighs> fair, um, I just noticed that it was... For available for sale for a really cheap price and uh, we're still waiting to hear from the publisher so I'm not going to blame it on them I am that's what I'm here for <laughs> let me right. do the blaming um, so yeah we'll have that up next um, probably cry father after that I don't know we're going to have a reading for you guys to hear from City Lit um, with Brandon Teets Richard Thomas Ben Tanzer and Jack Jank god damn it that can't mm. be her real name right uh, I don't yeah probably yeah. not so we have all that coming up. We did have another, another something else that AAA sent in that I really love that's going to have to wait for another episode because we're probably running way over time at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, so lots of lots of cool stuff coming up. I'm, I, I have to imagine that I'm just going to predict that in the future David James Keaton will be a guest on this show again, probably in the October month. Yeah, we're probably going to pull together a bunch of people for a zombie episode, at least a couple of people. Can I request Amanda Gowan? Yeah. All right. I'm requesting Amanda Gowan join us because it's been a while. It's been weeks. 
Are we had her on for the Radium Girls? Right. That was weeks ago. I guess I'll give you weeks. That's fine. <laughs> um, that's yeah. So that's uh, that's what we have coming up for you. We've got some Crime Wave that's coming. Um, we need to. What are we doing? There's something else we need to do for Crime Wave too, right? Hey, listen, Crime Writers. Here's the thing. If you want to read one of your stories for Crime Wave, <laughs> you just you just heard Livius's thought process. Yep. <laughs> if you want to hear your own audio story on Crime Wave, here's what you do: hit up Seth Harwood and be like, "Listen, I totally want to read this story. Here's an audio clip of me reading this story. Send it to him. Then maybe he gives it to us, and then maybe we put it on Crime Wave. Maybe. All right. That's gonna wrap it up for this week. Barry Graham uh, did it. It's it's not that hard. Just... <laughs> <sighs> All right. Until the next episode, I am Rob Olson. <laughs> I'm out of my fucking mind. <laughs> uh, you're not going to count it off like Dracula like you did last week? <laughs> no, I'm not. See, this is what happens. I start off these episodes. I start off this show like totally like a normal human being. And by the end... <laughs> We're just fucking clowns. I sound like Dracula or I'm angry at the world or something. Ugh, this podcast is ruining my life. Wait, you know what? That's what Ben Tanzer's podcast is called. This podcast will change your life. Isn't that his? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, so yeah. there you go. This he has podcast, a blog that's called something similar to this. This podcast is ruining my life. I'm Livia Snedden. Thanks for listening. <laughs> all right, you know that's all staying in, right? Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs>